1: do this so awesome thank you for being here and it's nice to meet you virtually you know um why don't yeah. why don't we start doing this by you just kind of give a small little snapshot background so the viewers kind of know who we're talking to here
2: sure my name is Sadrola Maruska most people call me Sadie uh all my family everybody who knows me calls me Sadie so if you call me Sadrola I know that you probably haven't met me to know that you can call me Sadie gotcha Uh, I'm a diversity equity inclusion social justice consulting coach and my focus is helping entrepreneurs and small businesses uh, excuse me helping entrepreneurs and small businesses uh, create cultures from the very beginning that will attract the diversity that they want and so I work with them to audit whatever procedures and processes they have in place, how their businesses work and say, hey, this is how you can do a little bit better and attract what you want to attract. I do that because I don't think people are aware that. 99% of businesses in the United States are small businesses. And if small businesses relinquish the responsibility to large businesses, then there's a whole huge section of the population that is not working towards change in that way. And so my thing is, no, we got to work with the small businesses. They may not have a budget to hire someone on, but- i'm here to help from the outside and so it's a lot more cost efficient to have me help and be able to move in that direction and and do that work um so because they're not exempt (laughs) just so they know
1: (laughs) Gotcha. i got a couple questions about that but i want to take it back a little bit and how did this or how did your lifespan your story how did you get in this position or find yourself in this far in this life or whatever um
2: in the work that i do yeah yeah Yeah. so uh in december of 2017 i was diagnosed with breast cancer and at that time of course in the doctor's office as soon as she said you have invasive lobular carcinoma my mind was left the room and i was off on a trip thinking, oh my gosh, I have two little kids. What about my kids? Because basically you go from zero to death. That's at least what happened with me. And at the same time, I also said, if you're not dead, if this is not a death sentence, are you happy with what you're doing in your life? And the answer came back a resounding no. So at that time, I decided that I really needed to listen to myself and move in a direction that felt more authentic and more, more of what I wanted to put out into the world or what I was called to put out into the world. so I started coaching. Um, and then I, it was, um, personal development. And then I started coaching for business. It was very fluid. I allowed everything to just kind of flow. If it wasn't working in one way, I just kind of moved it to the next thing. And then I got to, I started dabbling a little bit in, in diversity, but then George Floyd happened. And I had already told a lot of people that I wanted to also do speaking engagements. <clears throat> and so at that point in time, a number of people asked me to speak at different places. And I did. I was on panels and it clicked. And then people started asking me to talk about diversity and inclusion. And they started to tap my, my me to do... Um, a lot of different things that before it seemed really forced and heavy. And then this just started to flow. And I realized that this was, this was the space. This was my space. So I went with that. I started a podcast in 2020. It has really been the, one of the best things that I've done in this because it's helped me to meet so many amazing people and it just keeps growing and flowing and although it's evolving, it's no longer shifting. It's simply growing in it in the way that it is.
1: So when you first started out, you know, talking and being on these panels, I mean, was that I mean there's a lot of tough conversations during these times, especially like you just brought up the George Floyd incident. Yeah. Was that something you just came natural to, or was it kind of hard to put yourself into that type of position?
2: Well, it flowed. Okay. If I'm, if I'm honest, it really just flowed. And the thing about it is that there's a perspective that I have simply by the fact that I am a Black woman in this world, walking around in this world. And the perspective that I have is usually um, one that is counter to the norm of what most people see. And because I have that perspective, it's not hard for me to say, ah, you know, if you do that, these are some of the things that I see, you know, the challenges that are going to happen here. These are some of the things that are going to, you're going to butt up against. And so I've, you know, someone asked me, what is the thing that you didn't know before you started this that you wish you'd known? Mm -hmm. And to me, it's that I'm, constantly constantly taking in information and and learning and reading and because a lot of the information that I am working with was not taught in school and it was not really taught along the way it's always something that I have to um, besides my lived experience I have to tap into and learn and so that I can draw the lines and equate, well, this is what happened back then. And this is why things are the way that they are right now. So it's a constant learning process and processing and all of that.
1: You know, one question just came to mind is that, you know, I've noticed myself that in our today's age or society or technological advances, whatever you want to say, is that social media, you know, screens everywhere. I mean, do you ever feel overwhelmed, I guess, or overloaded with information? Because, you know, I just sort of myself, I'll go on Twitter or something, and I'll start going down reading tweets. And it's like, I see whatever X person said, then I jump over to somewhere else, start reading this comment. And then it's just almost, you know, 30 minutes later. Like, what, what, what did I just do?
2: Exactly. You know,
1: and I've, I've lost 30 minutes of my time.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I feel that a lot, which is why I have been very intentional about creating boundaries for myself personally and also from the external world from all of that information. because. What I do is already emotionally taxing a lot of the time. Um, sometimes I'm, I'm I'm digging into things and, you know, my my emotions are involved because it feels very personal. So because of that, I've made it a point to put in boundaries where there are certain days of the week where I don't talk to anyone from the outside. Okay. I do not watch the news. I get headlines. And... When I'm on social media, it you know I'll sometimes I'll set a timer, or sometimes I'm really focused on this is the only thing that I'm doing here right now, and I'm out of here, uh, because it's it's really important for me to protect my energy, to protect my my emotions, my psyche, all of it, because there it is, like you said, constant, 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 coming, 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 and there's always something that I can make commentary about, and. I don't want to always be on and doing that.
1: Well, that's a great habit. I guess you could say that you created for yourself. And I, I would say in my experience, and you know, I've worked with a few other people and I haven't seen them set boundaries like that for themselves and it takes discipline.
2: I had to learn to do that. I <laughs> had to. And, and to be honest, there are days where I really have to actively like out loud say, you are not answering that email right now. Because it is after five and you do not want to set that precedent there. You know, there are a lot of things that we do that we don't realize that we're setting precedents for so that people know, oh, whenever I email her, she's going to email me back. Right. And I've made it very, you know, I don't return emails on the weekends and I don't do that in the evenings. And then there are two days during the week where I'm just not outward facing um, unless it's absolutely necessary, but I don't fill up those days with meetings and or anything. They're all for me to do learning, to do the work that I need to do for my business, and to simply have that that kind of you know protected space so but it's not easy i'll tell you it's not easy
1: guarantee um i mean there's a book that i, I read it's probably well it's been more than six months ago it's called i think it was called addiction by Stephen alter and he actually talked about how people are so addicted to work email right now that they feel like they have to you know on the weekends it's like you said like an email comes in i gotta get it done right now yeah and just the mental health it plays or the it plays on people now it's like people don't yeah. do it to themselves you know it's just yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know.
2: And I think that it's something that I learned also having gone through cancer, knowing that I had to really slow down and I had to really give myself a chance to heal. And I also know that stress is one of those things that it wreaks havoc on your body. You know, we talk about um, high blood pressure, heart conditions, uh, diabetes all these things are caused by stress in the body and as well as cancer Mm -hmm. and so for me I was like I don't want to go through that again (laughs) I'm I'm not excited to try to go through that again so I need to be very intentional in the ways that I protect my body and I protect myself and my psyche and so you know, whenever I'm, whenever I'm finding myself kind of creeping back into that, I'm like, no, because it stresses, it's a stressor. You have to mitigate that. You have to reduce that and not allow it
1: to happen. Yeah. Oh, just what some people just can't not allow it. But, oh. Yeah. That book is called irresistible by Adam Alter. So sorry, I didn't want to make sure I clarified that, but irresistible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can we talk about your cancer story a little bit or is that? Sure. Okay. So you said it was in 2017, correct? Yes. And is this something that is it in your family? Does that run in your family or is it just out of the norm, just came up one day or you just decided or what?
2: Yeah, it's um so. So we so in November of 2017, I went to I got a gynecologist. Gynecological exam. Okay. And my nurse practitioner, she was doing a breast exam and she says, you know, this doesn't feel right to me. And for me, I was, you know, at the time I was 49 years old and I was like, my breasts are just getting old. You know, they're just getting, cause it's a thing. They get fibrous when you get older sometimes. And I was like, you know, to me, I was like, well, that must be what it is because I'd been having regular mammograms and ultrasounds for years because I've always had very busy breasts is what caught them. Hmm. So she said, I'm going to call this doctor. She doesn't usually take people unless they've been diagnosed, but call her. I'm going to call her office and I'm going to let them know that you're going to be calling them and they'll, they'll fit you in. Okay. About a month later is when I finally did call and make an appointment hmm. just because of life. And so I called and she said, I would like for you to go in and get fresh scans and then come in on this date, which was December 6th, 2017. So I said, great. So I, the previous week I went in, had the mammograms, had the scans and everything. And they, and so I went into her office on December 6th and We're looking at the scans, both of us. And she says, I don't see anything here. I said, neither do I, because I've been looking at my scans for years. So I kind of knew what to look for. And she said, but when I look at your breasts, they look different. I said, yeah, they they do look different. She said, so I'm going to do a biopsy. I said, great. Right there that day, we did a punch biopsy. That was um, a Wednesday the Thursday I went to the Massachusetts Conference for Women. No pain, I was fine, everything was good. You know, I went about my business. The Friday I went in for a needle biopsy on the left side. So this was the right side. I went in for a needle biopsy on the left side. And because they'd found something on the left side and they that they wanted to biopsy. So they did the needle biopsy and Friday afternoon, I was in so much pain Saturday. I was in so much pain until Saturday evening. Um, It wasn't until Sunday afternoon that I was okay, which was great because I was going to a Christmas party on Sunday evening. And I told my husband, I remember telling my husband, I said, I don't know what she biopsied on the right side but it was not flesh because the pain that I have on this left side was was 20 times more than what I felt on the right side. So anyway, we went about our business. Then on Wednesday, December 13th, I went in to see the doctor um, for the results of the biopsy because she wanted to have both biopsies done before we went in and as well as you know everything and so my husband went with me and so that was December 13th 2017 and so my and so she then that was when she said you know you have invasive lobular carcinoma which is breast cancer and I spaced out (laughs) and my husband asked all the questions and I was just there and then the tears came and it was just it it's It's an emotional thing that it just kind of hits you. Yeah. And there's so many uncertainties in that, that you just, your mind goes so many different places. Um, Like I said, my mind went from zero to death and it was like, what are the kids, what's going to happen to my kids? What does this mean? What are we going to do? You know, all these things. On December 14th, which was the following day, the nurse had managed to get all the scans that I needed on one day. She was like, this never happens. And so I went in on the 14th and I spent the day in the hospital getting PET scan, CAN scan, MRIs. Then on the 15th, my Friday the 15th, my doctor calls and she says, all your scans came in. We, you do not have any metastasis. So the cancer has not spread to any other parts of your body.
0: Okay.
2: So we know that we're just fighting in this one area. Great, wonderful Saturday, the 16th, my family and uh, another family, we left on a vacation that we had planned a year prior to Turks and Caicos. And I left cancer in the United States for seven days then the day that we landed which was the 23rd of December of 2017 my phone just ding, 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 ding. I had all these messages I was like oh here we go We're back to reality <clears throat> and so it was just you know appointments to meet my oncologist appointments to get blood work appointments to get um uh, we needed to get an echocardiogram of my heart there's so many things that happen before you go into treatment
0: right.
2: and so i was meeting him my oncologist on december 26th the day after christmas and then on january 2nd 2018 i started chemo uh, chemo treatments so it was kind of a whirlwind but I had an I had amazing support system. My parents, my family, um, friends in the community uh, really helped make it so seamless for my family and me as we were going through this whole thing, this whole ordeal. And I kind of documented it on Instagram as I went through and kind of let people know how it was going simply because I feel like my story is, is not mine to hold, but it is mine to share so that other people know that they can also do it. If this becomes their reality. And uh, so I spent the better part of 2018 In active treatments, I had a double mastectomy, which was supposed to be a double mastectomy with reconstruction. And I subsequently decided not to get reconstruction um, because I didn't want to go back into the the number of surgeries that would come with reconstruction. I figured I didn't get any um, infections with the first surgery. Um, I don't want to you know, temp (laughs) feet, which, you know, it's something that happens. You can get infections and you have to go fix, you know, it's so many things, so many things can happen. I just said, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm 50 years old. I think I'm good. Um, My breasts did what they were supposed to do. My kids are good. (laughs) So I think, uh, I think I'm all right. And so, um, and so that's where we are. So now we're four years Next year is five years, and uh and I'm and I'm really excited about that.
1: You should so be. That's that's soon. great. That's great. I'm I'm happy yeah. for you. Thank you. Um, you know I I don't know anybody in my personally in my life that's really had breast cancer or that type, but so it's just you know I've you know my grandfather he I think he died of stomach cancer and so stuff like that. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. just, cancer just sucks. It just sucks. It does. <laughs> and I don't, don't but
2: I think we can all agree that
1: I I mean was there anything so you know before 2017 and now that you know that you've changed about yourself you know like before cancer and after cancer I mean it seems like you got a great mindset about it and I mean
2: um yeah you know I do I do sometimes think of my life as bc and ac um I think that before cancer, I was constantly pushing, like it was always like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I should, I should, I should. I need to I need you know, I was constantly pushing um, to do things and to, to to find myself, you know, where I wanted to be, which I wasn't even really sure where that was, right. After cancer, I don't find myself I don't push myself like that anymore. I do my work, but if I feel like I need to stop, I stop. If I need yep. to feel like I need to just rest, take a nap, go get some water, do whatever I'm done for the day, then that's what happens. I don't live with the mindset that I have to grind, 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 and I have to go, 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 and I have to be constantly doing something. Um, and I think that's one of the major things that happen. The other thing is that I'm more intentional about the things that I do. I'm more intentional about who i who I'm with, and Um, what I'm doing and uh, where I want to go. I'm more intentional with that. And I think that it's made all the difference also in terms of no longer push, push, pushing, but just going, you know, this is where I'm going. This was what I can get done today. Tomorrow is a new day. I can get more done tomorrow. And even if I miss a deadline, I'm not as stressed about it as I used to be. I'm more like, you know what? That's okay. We can get it done by, and then I added new deadline and we just kind of, I just kind of do it that way. And the, you know, the other thing that I think that is different with me after cancer is the little things just don't matter. They just don't bother me anymore. You know, things can happen and I'm much more in a place where I just go, huh, Okay. So that happened. You know, I don't uh I don't I don't get as uh the important things are clearer, I think is is the best way to explain it. The important things are clearer to me. And those things that are not gonna matter, like in a week, I don't get flustered about. Those things that aren't gonna matter even tomorrow, I don't get flustered about. I'm just like, ah, okay, you know, this. This is all life. So you we can spend it being that. really stressed out, or we can just spend it going, This is life. What can I learn as I go along this path?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And just I wanted to say that um it just hit me that hey, I'm a I'm a crossfitter. I don't know if I you knew that but every october we do a workout to raise money for uh breast cancer awareness and oh yeah so nice. right, so during october it's always you know placing my head yeah but anyway um but yeah you know one thing is that i've st- slowly started learning is that you know we only get 24 hours in a day right and you know that's just like you said you can spend it either being just working all day long and not paying attention to anything else and or trying to divide up your time and you know, use your time wisely. And yeah. just like some people think, just because I feel like they're at the office all day or whatever, that they're actually, you know, working or whatever. But it's,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it's like, well, are you? I mean, you literally spent 16 hours a day and you didn't right. stop working. I mean, are you
0: though? You know,
1: you know, it's like quantity over quality. And that's one yeah. thing I've actually learned. You know, it's like, you know, you wake up, maybe I can get, all your shit done, you know, as part yep. of in four yeah. hours, and like, I crushed it today, you know, now yep. I'm gonna go, like you said, you know, go take a nap, right. go for a walk, you know, go and have a great conversation with somebody, you that's
2: know? right, that's exactly right, it's like, we, we spend a lot of time being busy, uh, and that's one thing to I don't, I don't, I try not to say, you know, people are like, oh, how are you doing, oh, I'm so busy, uh, that is like, and, uh, automatic response because it is a status response in this country. Culturally, I think it is a status response. Oh, I'm so busy. So, oh, I'm so important. I've got so much to do. And I try not to use that anymore. Because honestly, if if I'm honest, I'm not. And I choose not to be. <laughs> I'm not moving my body and feeling like... My... If I sit down to do work and I feel like I'm piddling, like, you know, I'm doing this little thing, this little thing, and I don't really have any focus, I'll get up and I'll walk away and I'm saying, probably right now is not the time that I should be working. Let me do something else and then let me come back and see if it's clearer, if I can be more focused. So we spend a lot of time just piddling around, just doing things that... Make us feel like we're moving, like we're busy, but they're really not accomplishing anything. They're simply moving our bodies. And then it's like, I didn't really get anything done.
1: So, yeah, I feel like you just touched on it. I mean, do you think that as what society and cultural, I guess, normalization has brought to the generation saying, like, hey, you know, if you want to be successful, if you want to, you know, grind and make a million dollars that you have to be constantly busy, you know, and then you got TikTok stars over there, you know, dancing and <laughs> making millions. But I mean, is that just what, like, is this in, and put it into younger minds? I and mean, it was kind of inputted, it, in it in my mind that, you know, Hey, you shouldn't be playing video games. Hey, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be out there working, making money, which I do yes. agree. Got to be making money, but you know, 80 hours a week or whatever, which, right. You well, know? I think. I hope I said that right. I hope I didn't picture that. Eighty hours a <laughs> week. Yeah, I mean, I know it's forty hours a week, but I mean, I'm,
2: yeah, but some people do actually work eighty point. hours a week. Yeah, depends, and
1: I, I met them.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, it depends on what you're doing, but if we're really honest with ourselves, uh, that working eighty hours a week for what?
0: Yeah.
2: Right, and we, we we're. We're socialized to believe that you work hard, you'll get ahead. Right. Right. But to say. there are so many people who work really hard every day in jobs that we do not value. And yep. so they, they, you know, they still make the same amount of money. They still, they're still in the, the at the level where they, where they are. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a flawed, it's a flawed, mantra to say work really hard no why don't we work really smart Mm. instead right let's work really smart so that we can do more in less time and then we can then allow our minds to think of other things that we would like to do maybe we want to 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 donate our time maybe yeah. we want to start a new hobby maybe we want to learn something different right um so I think that it's it's a flawed thing to say work hard hard work hard you got to grind you got to you got to really work hard and people spent, really take that to heart and like you said they work 80 hours a week and maybe they're trying to make partner but on that journey here's the thing we are not assured any days damn right right we could i could be sitting here you can be sitting there and your roof caves in and that's the end of you Mm
0: -hmm.
2: right so you say so and i know that there's this mentality out there well you know i'll sleep when i'm dead or i'll do this I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this for the next year or the next two years. But do you know that you're going to be here at the end of those two years and you put everything off, you put off relationships, you put off things that you wanted to do. And then at the end of those two years, you get sick and die. And that's has happened. I have seen people work their whole lives waiting to retire. And then the day after they retire, they literally die. And it's like, why? Just you have to have a way to give yourself some space and some grace and say, I'm gonna work really smart. I'm gonna focus really hard, but I'm also gonna give myself the opportunity to have time for the people that matter and for the things that matter in my life, because, you know, like people say, no one is on their deathbed saying, God, I wish I had worked another 80 hour week. I missed that
0: week. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're
1: hundred percent. Right. Right. Well, I mean, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I have a few people that I know personally, and they're older than me, but you know, in my opinion, and I don't want to completely speak for them, but in my outside looking in, they have no other passions except work. And, yeah. and even the work they're doing might not be what they're truly passionate about, you know? So, and it's almost, you know, that they have this mentality is that there's never enough money. So I always have to keep working. Yeah. And I mean, what do you, what do you thought? I mean, is that just kind of, just what we've been talking about. That's just ingrained in everything.
2: Yeah. We're just, you know, as a society, I think that you know we have the warped idea about what success is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: you know, is success making this amount of money, or is success actually enjoying the life that you have and and, and doing the things that you you know you really want to do? Um, when I started chemo, I started meditating Ooh. and i i made a I made a very clear decision to Meditate and to journal, okay. um, especially in the mornings.
1: What do you mean, journal? Like a diary, or what? Mm-hmm. Do you, okay. um,
2: because I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything I could to mitigate my stress, my anxiety, whatever I was feeling that was that would just cause me, you know, that undertow of angst. Um, I wanted to do as much as I could to to alleviate that. So I meditated. I journal, I colored in my adult coloring book with my daughter, you know, by my side. So nice. we would listen to music. We would have candles going. Um, I took naps. So I really took the time to just kind of give myself that space. I have not stopped meditating, and I think, and I read and I journal in the morning. And the reason that I do those things is because all those things require me to slow down. They reading a book, a real book (laughs) requires you to slow down. We, I don't know how many people notice, but we scan everything. We scan, we scan, we scan, Hmm. you know, we're flipping, we're flipping, we're flipping, we're just, you know, we're constantly like, next thing, next thing, next thing. When I first started reading again, because I'd love to read, but I'd stopped for a little while. When I first started reading again, I realized that I was scanning the book and I said, "No." You have to stop. This is not like, this isn't. You know, this isn't Instagram. This is not TikTok. You got to <laughs> slow down. You got to figure out what's happening in this in this book, and so it it pushes me to slow down when I'm writing longhand in my journal. It pushes me to slow down my thinking, slow down my everything, so that I can actually get a thought out. And all that slowing down in the morning when I'm waking up really helps me go into my day with a much better, calmer demeanor than, you know, getting up, look at my email. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Headlines. Oh, my God. You know, all the things that that we tend to do. Um, And I think that doing that has also forced me to realize that it's not just important to slow down in the morning. It's really important to slow down during your day and savor that day and do the things, be intentional. There's a book um, that I really love. It's um Essentialism by McEwen. Oh, can't think of his first name.
0: Okay.
2: Um, but Essentialism is basically focusing on the essential and letting everything else go. And we think that things are going to fall apart, but they're not. Yeah. It will not fall apart.
1: (laughs) You know, one time in college, uh, in one of my English classes, we did this exercise and our uh, professor actually just told us to start typing. It was kind of like, well, uh, basically kind of what you're saying, basically to start writing, whatever comes to your head right there. Yeah. And as you keep writing, 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 just not weird thoughts, but just thoughts you probably never thought of really before just start to take over. I mean, is that, you find yourself you yes. when you're journaling?
2: There are some days where I write three sentences. And then there are some days where I write three pages. Okay. Um, there's something that I did uh, years ago, and it's called the, um, the Artist's Way. And one of the things in The Artist's Way was to do morning pages. And basically, it was a stream of thought, getting it down on paper. So it didn't have to make sense. It just was writing the thoughts that came to your mind so that you could do this whole brain dump, basically clearing your mind of some clutter so that you would be clearer for the day. And I find that that's what my journaling does. It's like, I'll write, 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 write. Some days I wake up and I'm like, I really don't have that much to say. I'm so happy I woke up this morning and that's it but that's okay sure. and then other days it's like oh my god do you know what happened yesterday <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> you know but it every day is going to be different but it helps to kind of get that off get that brain dump get that gone and then you can kind of move in new and then when you look back you're like oh my gosh I remember when I wrote this yeah you know So it's just, it's, it's, I think that it's a good exercise for, for people to practice. Um, It could be morning, it could be night, it could be whatever, if whenever it it hits you, you know, walk around with a journal, whenever it hits you, you feel like you have to write something, go ahead and start writing. But you do get forced to kind of write when you're writing to slow things down. And so that's really also, you know, the second part of that um, formula is slowing down writing it
1: down getting it out you know you said earlier in the conversation that you uh you meditate i mean is this part of your meditation practices or i mean do you meditate every day i mean i always like i've tried to include that in my life more and yeah it's kind of hard for me just to, you know like we've been talking about because if i get 10 minutes or whatever or 15 it's like i try to sit and relax and just silently just collect my thoughts and stuff but then you know yeah. i, I, I talked to somebody maybe last week he said he did it for an hour and a half i think. <laughs> I can't um, hour and a half. I so I mean the I mean what are your meditation practices? Uh,
2: my meditation varies. So sometimes I'm listening to something that is meditative. Okay. Um I use an app. Uh it's called
1: Is it that Headspace or? Insight Timer. Oh, that's not okay.
2: Insight timer. Yeah, I know Headspace and Calm. there yeah, they're Calm. Similar. That's the
1: one I was trying to think of. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but there's in it's Insight Timer. And there are a number of teachers on there and so different ones they'll have courses they'll have there's music there's uh, bells there's bowls there's birds there's ocean there's so many different ones and so I've made it a practice to just kind of think to myself what do I feel like today and do I feel I may not feel like I can sit for 10 or 15 minutes because I but I can do two minutes. So sometimes I'll do two minutes and it's really just focusing on whatever it is that I'm listening to and try to get my mind to focus on that as well. Um, Sometimes I'll do 10 minutes and it's just focusing on that. But I haven't gotten to the hour and a half yet. I don't know that. I think I'll fall asleep. I haven't haven't quite gotten there yet. I agree. But I think that's pretty amazing, but it it varies. It just varies.
1: Yes. Uh, I want to talk about your consulting work, Uh, but before we said that, you said something about success earlier, and like, what does success mean to you?
2: Success to me is being able to do the things that I want to do with the people that I want to do them with, so if it takes $100,000 a year for me to be able to do that, then I'm successful, I'm good, I'm fine. If it takes $70,000 to do that per year, then I'm I'm good. I'm fine. Um, I don't want to have to worry about money. I just want to be able to say, hey, you're doing that. Yeah, let's do that. Let me go there. Let me travel there. Let me take, you know, last year I took my son uh, to Germany and France over the summer. We went for two weeks, just he and I and visited my cousin out there, but we traveled around. It was the best time. And I had I you know prior to going I had to actually give myself permission I had to say oh but you can go because really the initial idea was to send him on his own but the red tape became too much and I was like I'm just going to go with you that just makes it easier and and it was great and we weren't worried about the food we were eating or where we were going or what we were doing, we could, we were fine. And that's just how I want to be able to live my life. I want to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to go do this for a week. I'm going to go, you know, take my sisters, my sisters and I go on a sistercation every year and say, yeah. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, let's all go on a cruise, you know, or whatever it is, but I want to just be able to do that. And that to me would be success that that to me is success. And I'm really um, excited about that. Now, if there's more, I'm good with that. But um, I don't know that I absolutely need all the more for me to feel like my life is successful. And you know, if I change a life along the way, that's, that's, that's even better.
1: <laughs> that's part of life. Anyway, this one yep. thing that stays constant that it seems to be always changing. So. Yeah. So, all right. Let's get a little bit about the consulting stuff. And so, you said you work with small businesses. I mean, how does the the process work? I mean, do they reach out to you? Do you just kind of seek them out, or what? Tell us.
2: Um, a little bit of both. Uh, I think right now, um, I'm you know I'm wanting to reach out to some businesses, but if they reach out to me, I'm more than excited because that just kind of cuts one step out for me. Um, but you know, when I engage with a, a small business, the the idea is to get in there and to the first step is always to audit, kind of take a look around and see what is happening within the organization and see um, how those things are creating a culture that may be attracting or detracting um, for the diversity that a lot of companies want to have. And also, it helps me to look and to see. Do, are you, you say, if you say that you want to have an, a more inclusive and more equitable and a more, you know, anti-racist organization, how are you doing that? And, and are you really ready to put, you know, your strength behind that? Um, So I go in and I kind of, you know, I talk to a lot of people. I look at the ways that they do things and then I give recommendations and I can help support through those recommendations. There are different levels um, that I offer, but I can, I can be there or I can be hands off. I can be, I can say, Hey, here, this is what you need to do. These are some of the things that I see Um, here, you know, That's that's yours. So go ahead and and see what you can do about that. Um, But like I said, I think, you know, we small businesses are the backbone of this country. You know, small businesses employ 50 percent of the population. (laughs) And so um, for a small business to think that they are not part of the conversation is not smart a small business small businesses if more small businesses understood the power that they hold to actually make a difference i think we could see a huge shift if they were to say you know what we're going to make the difference we're going to do things differently because we think of the the huge huge companies and we think that they're the ones who need to you know because they're donating money to different causes and they're Hiring people on and and that sort of thing. Some small businesses can't always hire someone on, and so. But if you can get someone to look at what you're doing and to be there, kind of uh, helping coach you along, and kind of say, ah, oh, you might not want to do that, or you want to go this way, or you know, let's tap this person to help us with this because you know, one person is not always going to have all the answers. Sure. You know, right? so. Um, doing that is can make a huge difference in the industry. Um, my thing is too. People talk about, oh, the industry is this way, or they talk about the company is this way, without really realizing their personal power individually that they have to change that because they are in the industry or in the company. You know, if one person starts doing things differently and they stick to their guns, not saying that it's going to be easy, especially when you're going against the grain, but when you stick to your guns and you start doing things differently, people take notice and other people will say, well, you know, if they're doing it this way, why why aren't we doing it that way? And that's how change happens, right? Not everybody doing the same thing, but different people going, hey, why don't we do it that way? Let's try doing it this way and let's see what happens and then, you know, we start to we start a new trend. fashion whatever it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, one thing I just wanted to add was that I never really knew what consulting was Back in, I guess, my younger days, until I watched the movie Hitch with Will Smith, and when he was saying he was a consultant, (laughs) yeah, and I was like, I love
2: that movie. That's my
1: (laughs) I think you know, kind of underrated. But I was like, what the hell is consulting? And then you know, that's when I first started to learn about consulting. But what? But that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to throw that in. (laughs) Um, But what I wanted to ask was that, I mean, when you know these companies are coming to you and they're reaching out, I mean, you know, you're talking about trends. I mean, are you seeing like, all right, so this year we see this problem across this year like you know one major problem and the next year it changes just from the trend i mean is there certain major problems that come up all the time year after year or do you see new ones every five years like you said like fashion that repeats itself or whatever
2: (laughs) um well so right now i can't i can't really talk to trends so much
0: okay um
2: because you know what i'm just seeing is that you know companies Right now, what I'm seeing is that companies want to make a change. They don't know how to do it. Um, And a lot of what they think they need to do is very performative and it's not getting to the crux of things. The other thing that I see is that companies talk a lot about diversity. We want more diversity. Diversity is important. And I'm not saying that diversity is not important. I think diversity is absolutely important. However, I also believe that diversity is an outcome. Diversity is the product of creating an equitable and inclusive culture and environment where people from diverse backgrounds are going to look and say, you know what? That looks like a place where I can bring my whole self to work and they're going to be okay with that. So. It has to be an outgrowth of equity, building equity and inclusion within the culture that you already have with the people who are already there. And then being able to project that through your job postings, through the way that you project your company into the world and people looking on and going, yeah, I think I want to work there. If you create fertile ground, you will get... The diversity that you see but when you go out there and you're trying to get diverse people into your organization and you have not primed the situation for them you have not created an environment that is going to be that is going to retain them they're going to be gone and that's not what you want
1: <laughs> you know a lot of companies well in my point of view say that you know they won't change and you know they want to go into a different directions, but when change actually starts to happen, it seems that no, you know we don't like this change anymore, and you start to get some, you know, uh, backlash for it. I mean, I mean, do you ever notice that? I mean, does it get worse before it gets better when you finally start to, you know, come out with your I, goals in mind? Or right?
2: Um, well, you know what I think it is is that people want to feel comfortable. Okay. And when what we're doing or what you're doing is going against the grain, when what you're doing is shaking up the status quo, uh, there's not a lot of comfort there. Yeah. And you have to be ready for that. It takes a lot. I say it all the time. It takes bravery and it takes it takes courage to be able to say, this is what we want to do. We know it's going to be hard. We know it's going to be uncomfortable, but we're going to do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. And unless there's that kind of commitment, sure, you know, there will be companies and say, yeah, well, we're not going to do that because ah, that's too hard or, oh, it costs too much money or, oh, oh. there are always yeah. excuses that can come in, always. Um, it's the removing those excuses and saying, how can we, and then answering that question versus, well, I don't think we can, and then ans- and saying why, yeah. right? There's a, it's a difference in mentality, in mindset. Um, even personally, it's, it's in mindset. It's like, oh, I can't do that. Or how can I do that? Mm-hmm. right it's
1: a huge shift in mindset and it's the same for companies yeah no i agree 100 because i mean what's this talking we just had the new year obviously and that you know people want to make new goals for themselves new whatever and that you know yeah. and, I, and i coach a couple of crossfit classes a week on, on the side but you know when people say they want that change and this could be for companies too and they come to that first road bump <laughs> yes. whatever you want to call it, they're like mm, nah no. <laughs> you know ah, it's not yeah, for me <laughs> yeah, exactly like i i'll just stick to my old ways you know and they're afraid to and I, i'm not i'm just generally speaking i'm not speaking for everybody sure. you know that you know they reach that one roadblock and they're like you know they don't want to do the hard things to get the reward on the other side you know everybody right. has shortcuts you know and I do too and, and yeah
2: well uh, it's uh, human nature and I think really we've been socialized I mean we're so used to instant gratification oh we ordered this today it's coming tomorrow we take a pill we have no more pain we you know it's instant gratification we want it when we want it but all good things don't come that way right the things the best things are those things that come when we give them time to develop and to grow and to become what they need to be right, to get past that hard part, and you say, okay, I can do this, this is, you know, this is the thing,
1: right, so. I mean, if it's really easy.
2: Everybody would do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, everybody (laughs) would do it, then it's probably not worth doing, is what, you know. And we
2: wouldn't have a problem, right, if it were really easy, we wouldn't have a problem, we, you know, someone would, you know, when I was, when I was nine years old, I used to always think, why is it that people can't just listen to the person who's making sense and then go with that person? Like that was my, you know, mentality. Why can't they just yeah. do that? You know? It just doesn't work that way. And because if it if it did, you know, I think huh, what a different different world it would uh, be.
1: I mean, you know, you said you work with did you say you work with mostly entrepreneurs or more entrepreneurs and small businesses? Okay, yeah. And so I mean, you know, just you know, for anyone, you know, the only thing I've really really done as far as entrepreneurship, I guess, is starting this podcast. But you know, you reach a lot of roadblocks and you reach a lot of, you know, rough yeah. and and it's hard to, you know, get over those. And just like, you know, but I could imagine trying to start, you know, a huge business or a small business right now. I mean, even with COVID, it's a lot of obstacles, but
2: so hard. And, you know, you know, you know, entrepreneurs, being an entrepreneur, going out on your own, doing your own business is really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, there are, there are a number of times where I'm like, you know what, Mm -hmm. it would just be so much easier if I just went to a job and just got a regular paycheck and I just be, you know, it would, (laughs) you know, but then you have to think about why you're doing it, right? The, you know, what, what is your, why, what is your, what is your motivation for continuing to forge on and keep going. Mm. You have to have a really compelling why. Isn't that what Simon Sinek says? What is your why? You have to have a really compelling why as to what you're doing so that you can constantly go back to that why and say, oh yeah, that's right. You know, cuz there are pros and cons on both sides, but you know, which what what is more what's the balance for you? What is what tips the balance for you? Yeah. Really. And You know, and I always go, you know, yeah, it would be easier to do that, but then someone would have control of my time and I don't want that. Like right now, my life is very flexible and that's what I need. And someone would have control over my time. They would tell me when I can go on vacation would tell me when and if and how long I can be sick or when and how long I can, you know, go and take my kid to the orthodontist and to the dentist and to the, you know, all these different things. You know, I would have to I'd have to have a permission, get permission. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm just saying that they're not for me. I've been there and. It's always the same frustrations that I get, so I have to constantly remind myself. No, that's not what you want to do. What you want to do is you want to do what you're doing right now, because this is what works for you. So you know, suck it up.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, Just suck it up. Let's do it. Yeah. Suck it up. So. You know, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's kind of my mentality is that, you know, I go in and like, I, I like to do a few different challenges and hard things just because when I do do them that, you know, it makes other things easier in life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like as far as my workouts or, you know, I gave up alcohol and caffeine during uh the month of October and stuff. And, you know, that was not as hard as I thought it would be. Not having caffeine kind of sucked. But anyway, <laughs> but, yeah, just, just like you said, to suck it up and just. You know, do it, and you know, and we talked about Will Smith a little bit ago, and he said a great quote one time is that, you know, you lay a brick as perfectly as you can, right? Yeah. Do it again, and then you do it again, and you just keep until you finally reach or build or whatever you want to do. And
2: yeah, I'm in the I'm I'm almost done reading his book, and he 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 takes that analogy from having to build a wall. His father made he and his brother build a wall, (laughs) and so he had to find a way to kind of make it make sense, kind of make it, you know, a challenge or, you know, what have you. And, and that was what it was, you know, you think of a wall and you're like, oh my gosh, it's a wall. What am I (laughs) going to do with this wall? How am I going to do this wall? But when in reality, it's just putting down each brick, making sure that that brick is okay. And then putting down the next one. It's like, oh my gosh, this goal is so big, but you know what? There's so many steps. Before you get there, so just take those steps and kind of give yourself that space and time.
1: So I wanted to ask you, I mean, just in your opinion, that you know, we with COVID, you know, we just talked about diversity, inclusion, and you know, racism a little bit. That you know, what do you see as the future of you know our society or the country or the world, whatever you want to say? I mean, like, you know, are we going to hopefully see things get better and like this will just be known as okay, you know, twenty whatever was. (laughs) kind of a rough part of history but you know we we got through it um
2: yeah well what are your thoughts i think you know we
1: i mean working in your field and
2: yeah it's there's always there's 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 a peak and then there's a valley and because this work is hard and it does take dedication and it takes a lot of introspection and it takes a lot of kicking up of, of emotions and feelings and things that you didn't even know were there. And now you're realizing they're there and you feel like you're a bad person when you're not a bad person. We just have these, you know, we all get these messages in different ways. uh, The way that society is set up and all of these things happen and a lot of people fall off because it's like, ah, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to, it's too much. I don't want to think about it. Right. And that is, and that is a very real thing. And so, you know, we see a lot of people go, Oh my God, Oh my God. And then they go, okay, okay. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. I think we're getting to the, it's fine phase, you know, that Valley phase where People are like, yeah, well, that happened, but that was then. And those guys went to, that guy went to jail and, you know, all these things. And so now can we just move on as if it were one event that, that would, you know, mitigate the whole thing. Uh, But the nice thing is that I think that every time something happens, more eyes are open more hearts are open, more people are going. Um, more people are going. Oh, hey, I um yeah, something needs to happen. And so more people join the ranks and more people are making changes. So is is there a lull? Yeah, there's a lull, but I feel like that's always gonna be the case with anything that's gonna be the case. But we, you know, I think that um, if we continue to have the conversations, people will join in as we go. And as as we get more kids into the conversation, more of the next generation into the conversation, things will change things will you know it's it's a gradual it's a gradual thing you know we we we're still talking about things that martin luther king junior talked about 50 60 years ago definitely right we're still there's some of those things that we're still talking about i mean why are we still talking about voting rights and you know it it blows my mind but and people want to sweep that under the rug, they want to ignore that. They want to feel that the conversation is not the same. But in reality, in a lot of ways, it is the same. It, we shouldn't be having these same conversations now. We should fix them, get it done, and then move on. Right? There, because there are a lot of other things that we can still fix. <laughs> you know, right. So it's it's a process, it's a churning. And every generation has more of an opportunity. I know that um, my generation came right after civil rights, the civil rights movement and all of that. And so there was a mindset there of, okay, we need to, um, let's chill. We need to, we need to uh, really assimilate but i feel that my son's generation my son's generation has language for transgender and gender fluidity and um more you know there are things that my son is talking about that i never even thought about oh, when yeah. i was his age oh yeah and and i love that because he's exposed to that and he's And he's open to a lot of people, whereas I had to learn it um, later than he did. Mm -hmm. So if he's learning it now, that's progress. There's language for it. I had a woman on my podcast, she's a trans woman. She said growing up, she didn't have the language that she needed to express who she was. And now we have that language. So now more people can express who they are. So there's, there's progress. Um, as slow as it may seem, there is progress, but we just have to keep the pressure on so that more people can see and join the conversation so that it can become more, more widespread, wider and wider, and that there's a, a larger percentage of people who are like, yeah, these, some of these things need to, to
1: change. Well, I say we take this one home on that, the progress. <laughs> <And> <laughs> try to end this one on a good note.
0: Absolutely. That?
1: Great. Um, I really appreciate you coming on here. I mean, you were great to talk to. That was, I was really excited on you telling your cancer story. That was really informational. Um, well, thank
2: you so much for having me. It's been fun talking
1: to you, great. Chris. Um, if People want to find your podcast. If they want to, if you want to give out your social media or anything, just let them know.
2: Yeah. Well, the easiest way, the best way now to find me is diversitydish.com. I have my podcast episodes there. I have my social links there. I also have my speaking and my consulting um, information there. So it's the best place to find me. So it's diversitydish.com. It's also the name of my podcast, Diversity Dish.
1: Easy enough. Great. All right. Well, again, let's take this home and thank you again. So, thank you. Be good to yourself, people. We're out of here.